you are experiencing HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. We exist to make the people part of business easier for leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners of all kinds. Thanks for tuning in to HR After Dark. So we have a special guest today. I'm so thankful to be joined by another attorney from Fisher Phillips. We have George Reeves. Welcome, George. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited because today we actually get to talk a little bit more about employers and if they can terminate for social media posts. The reason why we want to talk about this a little bit further is, and I'm sure you've, you've seen this too, George, is that we see on social media where there have been employees that have posted you know, racial comments and other types of maybe language that their employers didn't necessarily care for or could be a violation of company policy. And so we're seeing that employees have been, been terminated for such behavior. But I know that a lot of our clients have actually asked, well, you know, I really thought I, I couldn't have a say over the employee's personal life, personal comments, and, and social media pages. And so I think that this is going to be a conversation, answer some tough questions that employers may have right now. And so let's, let's just kick it off. Let's get started. So basically, I want to know from, from you, George, kind of your experience with this as well. And, and like I said, the confusion that employers are, are having under their obligation when it comes to governing their employees' social media accounts. So, so from your perspective, can employers terminate an employee for what they post on social media? Yeah. So the short answer is, in most cases, yes. Um, there's a lot of things you want to take into consideration there. Uh, in making that decision, though, because um, as you pointed, as you pointed out, and of course, as clients always have a concern about it, it's like, well, you know, should I because this was their personal stuff, this wasn't on the company, you know, mm -hmm. Instagram account or Facebook or whatever. So how can I and of course, employees are always coming back saying, you know, you can't do this. This is America. I have free speech. <laughs> that's um, right. So th and there is some truth in that, but that's not exactly right. The very first thing, and, and this is something that's just not happening, at least as my experience has been, it's not just happening out there, you know, in these uh, other places. Uh, this is something I've dealt with several times, actually, just in the last couple of weeks, especially since the protests have picked up. And, and, and so what what's happening, and I tell I tell uh, my HR folks this, and when I do presentations on this, I tell them all the time, you know, it's not your problem until it is your problem. And that usually comes up when some employee has brought to, brought, you know, come into HR, sat down and said, so-and-so posted this, I'm offended by it. All right. At that point, yeah, maybe it was off duty. Maybe it was on their personal uh, account or whatever, but as soon as that employee brought it to that HR person's attention, then it does become a workplace issue. And so that's where employers can't really bury their heads in, their, in the sand. But then it brings us to, okay, what do, we, what do we do with this? How bad is it? And is it something that we should terminate for? Or is it something maybe we just pull somebody aside and have a conversation with them? So with, with, in thinking about that, uh, you know, obviously we need to look at what it was that was actually said and then figure out how does this impact the workplace, if at all. But before we even do that, you know, I always ask questions. Do you have a policy? Because if you don't have a policy, it doesn't mean you can't terminate somebody, but it's going to make mm -hmm. it a lot harder. 
So go back to the policy. And also, you know, what is, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, we have a policy. And they say, and I'll say, well, how about send that to me? Let me just take a look at it before we go anywhere. And then I find out, yeah, you got a policy, but that policy says you cannot misuse the company social media accounts. It doesn't say anything about the personal email accounts. And so without that, again, can you terminate? Can you discipline? Probably. But, you know, if, if this employee goes to the EEOC, they go get a lawyer, anything like that, you know, these agencies, the attorneys, judges, juries, whatever, they're going to want to see some sort of policy that said this employee actually knew that they could get in trouble for uh, posting something on their personal account. So that's a really I'd good say point. Start, let's start, start, start with that policy, making sure we have a policy and it's actually, you know, updated and, and actually specifically addresses personal use. Yeah, that's right. And you do that, right? So most of your clients, you actually assist with updating their social media policies. Yes, yes, we do. And we also encourage people to do it frequently, because obviously, the nature of, of social media changes. And so too, the policy should change. If the policy hasn't been updated in a couple of years, it probably should be looked at. And what I always like to tell people to do is tie your social media policy to other policies you have in your handbook or whatever, specifically your policies against like discrimination, harassment, intimidation, uh, unprofessional conduct and everything, because that's where you're going to catch most of the people that are bringing problems in from personal posts. So it's that person who posts something on Facebook that's inflammatory, uh, you know, in, in a racial sense or something like that. Or we go back a couple of years ago when uh, the Me Too movement was in, was really in full swing and you were seeing a lot of people who were uh, getting terminated, disciplined for things that they had posted that were that were offensive or sexist and everything. So this has been going on for a little while. Exactly. Um, to your point, yeah. it's not new. No, no, it's been going on for a while. It's just it, it takes different forms, and it depends on what's happening in the outside world. Like what what what's 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 got everybody up right now. Um, look, we're about to go into an election, right? A national election that we know is going to stir up a lot of emotions. It's already stirring up a lot of debate and everything. Good political debate is important. But what happens when this becomes so polarizing or starts becoming okay. tinged with racial comments and then employees start getting offended by it? And they say, well, I was just exercising my free speech. I was, you know, I was talking about president. I wasn't. And then you have so you have to look at what 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 was actually being said there, what was posted, and then actually listen to the fact that you know what what was it that upset this person, and why are they bringing it to you? That's a good point because I, I think that even in thinking through this in preparation for our talk today, it's actually it could cause some other disruption back into the workplace because other employees or their coworkers could actually see those comments too, and. Yeah. Oh man, and thinking through what you know what that does, or even setting precedent for how you handle you being the employer these types of incidents for the future. So, but and here's a, here's another wrinkle that I see, and I try to caution employers about. And it's not so much. I mean, we've we've kind of been talking about the situation where an employee say brings in uh, or bring you know, a post that somebody else, like a coworker, did or something that that, that they found offensive. Right? Maybe it wasn't directed at them. But they follow them. They saw it. They're offended by it or something. Maybe it was personally towards them. Okay, so that's a coworker. What about like a manager? 
who is very vocal about things or posts something inappropriate and subordinate employees see this and maybe they don't complain about it at the time, but then later on, if they see something happen in the workplace, especially with them, that they think is motivated by, you know, gender or race or religion or something like that, they're going to point to these kinds of posts by managers saying this is evidence of his mindset or her mindset. This is evidence of, of you know, their motive and things. And so I, managers have to be very cautious about this. And going back to my point about policies, you need to make sure that your policies, a lot of the ones that we draft uh, mm. suggest that managers not follow or allow themselves to be followed by subordinate employees, not friends or things like that for this very reason. You're absolutely right. And I think that actually, so one of the, the questions or the examples that we're about to run through is in regards to a manager that makes a post on Facebook saying, if one more employee calls out today, I'm going to quit. And yeah. from your perspective, like what would the company do? It sounds innocent in nature, but it could have yes. some huge ramifications. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it, just if, if, if someone were to call me with that very question, right, right, I would want to know more because what, mm -hmm. why, are, why are people calling out? You know, are they calling out as a form of protest over something? Are they are they calling out because of their their let's say let's put it in let's put it in the situation we are in now. Are they calling out because they feel like the employer isn't providing enough protection against the virus that they feel safe coming back into work? And are they doing this all together in concerted activity? So maybe that employer or that manager who posted this isn't necessarily you know, criticizing the motive, but it could be read that way, right? Mm -hmm. Now, would you, now, would I recommend terminating this person? Probably not. I would mm -hmm. probably say this would be one of those situations where you may want to pull, pull them aside and just remind them about their, their, you know, they're, they're in a supervisory position. They need to lead by example. They don't need to criticize uh, people calling out or anything like that. Such so a bad yeah. example could be taken the wrong way. And mm -hmm. As a manager, you know, you have to act as a, in a professional manner and things of that nature and, and, and leave it at that. But there again, totally if it's just people it's calling out, what's that? Yeah. I said, yeah. I totally agree. It's a coaching opportunity. Yeah, I, I think that one is. Now, if someone then specifically says something, uh, you know, related to, um, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example here. I, 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 we recently had one about uh, where a manager was criticizing people who were attending a, a Black Lives Matter protest in terms that some people took offense to. And the manager, of course, tried to say, well, I was just speaking my mind about the, you know, the sure. movement and things of that nature. It wasn't, it wasn't racist or meant to be racist, right. et cetera. Well, the wording was taken by some employees to be offensive. And so, you know, the, from the perspective of those individuals, it was. And so that's where I think HR has to be you know, aware of that. I mean, it's just like if somebody walked in and said they overheard this manager saying these same things in the break room. If it was offensive in that context, it's still going to be offensive, even though it's online. No, you're absolutely right. And it's still a representation uh, in some way or another back into the company. So, but you just need to think through, I guess, I like to think through guarding my words and actions, just being mindful about, because also whenever you're in this leadership role, you know, you're kind of, you set the example, but you're on stage, right? Yeah, read so, the room, right? Exactly. That's yeah. 
Right. And so, but I've gotten some, like, even from other HR professionals, though, they may bring up, you know, the fact that the the NLRB um, Mm -hmm. protects concerted activity, right? And I think that that may create either the confusion or some fear with employers on, well, what, I I don't want to touch this because maybe it's a violation with, you know, from the, the NLRB's perspective of telling my employees what I can or cannot do on their personal page. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the other side of that, too, is perhaps people just not realize, taking action without thinking through and realizing maybe the NLRA actually applies here. So mm-hmm. I guess that kind of begs the question then, all right, well, when does it apply? What does it do? Right. So we know that that under the National Labor Relations Act, Section 7, it provides employees the right to, you know, form or join unions things like that. But, but, but here, what we're talking about is engaging in protected concerted, concerted mm-hmm. activities to, indre- to address workplace conditions. So if we have a couple of employees coming together for this common cause and complaining about something, where I see it become a problem is, are they just griping? Or is this concerted activity, right? right. So to your point, someone should stop and look at that and say, and, and have a little bit of hesitation before they pull the trigger on anything to make sure that they're not violating that. But at the same time, not just going, oh, well, that's the NLRA. That only applies to unionized workforces. That doesn't have anything to do with me because it does not, as we know, or hopefully know, uh, only apply to, to unionized workplaces. So we have to look again, like we've been talking about, the context of the communication. What was the, what was the post? Were they just saying, I hate my job? Or were they saying, I hate my boss or my, you know, I, I hate coming into work because I don't believe that they're doing enough to protect us from the virus. Okay. That last one, that's protected activity. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, and, and, you know, it doesn't matter if your manager, the, the manager, or the person making the decisions thinks the virus is a hoax or whatever. The fact of the matter is, is there are some obligations on the employer to do this. If an employee posts that they don't think that the company is doing enough, and let's say a couple of coworkers chime in and, you know, with comments or even liking it or something like that. Well, if you take action against them, that's pretty clear that you're violating their Section 7 rights. And that could lead to an unfair labor practice charge. If someone yeah. just says, I hate yeah. my job. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> without more, that's, that's not yeah. necessarily concerted activity, you know. If you start saying my manager is an insert any kind of expletive. Well, yep. the the board has been weird on these. So they there are decisions that would say that even though it's vulgar, it's still protected activity. And then there are decisions that say that it's not. So that one is not as clear cut. You have to look at it. We have to look at, you know, check the temperature of the current board and everything and before you make a decision. But but still, I think that the important point here that you bring up is, you know, before you go full blaze into this. Just think through that, right? So, and let me also, while we're kind of on this, the other issue that I want to talk about, you know, we're talking about how quick, you know, there's, it's easy to just, well, somewhat easy to go ahead and uh, take action against somebody on, on, uh, for a post or whatever. But that, and that really is the case for private employers, but we have to keep in mind public employers, the First Amendment actually does apply. And so uh, a, a public employer can't, act as quickly as a private one can because if the employee's speech was 
the individual acting as a private citizen and it's something on public, uh, you know, concern type of thing, th there are different protections there. And so for any public employers, they do have to stop and think about it a little bit more than a private employer. Because as I said earlier, yeah, yeah, we have free speech in this company, in this country, sorry. But a private, a private employers yeah. have a lot more leeway. I think that that kind of goes to the uh, attorney typical response of it depends, but that's why there are partners like you where the, the, you got to take a partner. I mean, hey, hey I, I spent a lot of time in law school to be able to say it depends <laughs> for a living. <laughs> and, and we're so thankful for that. Don't worry. It's, it's similar to my, my HR response, too. And usually we're just asking a bunch of questions. So, <laughs> yeah, right. And then calling me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We ask a bunch of questions and then we call you. We call employment labor attorneys. That's so, right. And then we say it depends. <laughs> so, but you know what? You're providing a, a ton of valuable information. And you know something that is relatively new is this whole obsession even with TikTok. And, and I'm yeah. sure there's apps. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting old. Where <laughs> I don't know all the... All, all the new things, I suppose, or new social media outlets. But I do know, I do know about TikTok. And I'll say this is that I am seeing a lot of folks that are even at work yeah. and employees that are dancing and doing other things. And I, I hate to say it. I know I'm an HR nerd, but I'm like, are you on break or is this? <laughs> <laughs> right. And so my, I remember the first incident I saw related to anything like this was several years ago, and I think it was Facebook, but it might have been something else, um, where it was a picture of somebody who worked, I think it's Subway, and it was a picture of them standing in a tub of lettuce and saying oh, something wow. like, this is the lettuce used on your sandwiches, right? And they posted this. And, um, they, they, and, and the employer was actually able to figure out, the company was actually able to figure out from the geotag on the photo, which location it was at, and then narrow it down to the employee and actually then fired them. So, oh. <laughs> so that's a little bit more extreme than just, you know, we're going to record ourselves doing whatever the latest dance thing that's going viral is, mm -hmm. but it, you know, it, and so with that, I think that's more, if, if it's just some people dancing, right, probably a coaching opportunity to remind them that they are there to perform work and not to make videos. Because someone could say, well, we were on break. We did the editing and all that other stuff off duty. Well, still, I mean, if it's pretty clear that they're in your workplace, especially if there's, you know, they're in uniforms or there's other things in the, in, in the scene that can tell who the employer is it's going to send a bad message. And so probably that's where you want to pull, pull them aside and tell them not to do it again. But at the same time here, once you start exercising discretion, as we all know, we need to make sure that we're doing so in a consistent manner was what this group doing when they were in there doing their video dancing. Uh -huh. uh, was it any different than the people that you terminated or disciplined and what, you know, were the, what were the races, what were the sexes, things like that. So definitely making sure that we're consistent in any of the application of this policy. Exactly. All goes back to one word, policy. 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 So even, 
employees are dancing at work and it's on TikTok and all that good stuff. So we're still thinking about the same type of social media policy. That's right. And again, tying it to your other workplace rules. Right. If you're not supposed to be goofing, I mean, it, it goes without saying you're not supposed to be goofing off on company time, but it's it's a lot tighter if you have a policy that says that, you know, that your your personal uh, social media use has to be, you know, cannot be consistent or inconsistent or violate any of these other company policies. Like it. That was a good phrase. You know, for all of our listeners, they need to jot that down. Because it's, it's, uh, this is a solid, this is almost, it feels like, you know, an hour of your time, right? This is very nah. valuable information. <laughs> Do me a favor, repeat that one more time. What was that line? It was, it has to be consistent with other policies within this uh, employee handbook or? Oh, uh, I don't know how I just exactly said it, but making sure that your policy is written so that it makes it clear that their yeah. social media Personal social media use cannot be in violation of the company's uh, policies. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's exactly it. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. All right. That's fantastic. And I think that that was around some of the underlying thoughts we have as employers is what do I even do, you know, from a policy standpoint? So I would say this, I would say that even everything that's going on with the world, whether, you know, it all calms down. This is not something that's going away. There's still unbelievable access from a social media standpoint. I mean, blogs and in any other apps that are coming, you know, to the forefront from a technology perspective. But what remains is you're still going to need HR support and guidance, and then definitely contacting George from an employment and, and labor law perspective. And so I know that George, you handle things like this and questions like this all the time. Yes. Uh, this is this is second nature. But if some of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, what is the best way to reach out to you? Of course, since we're talking about social media, I guess that would include email from my old man standpoint. So email (laughs) is always a quick way of doing it. Um, I'm not going to tell you, hey, send me a friend request or anything. Um, So my email, that's greaves, R-E-E-V-E-S, at fisherphillips.com. Um, or the old-fashioned telephone, 803-255-0000. We don't have it splashed up on a billboard with just one number, but it's still a pretty easy number to remember. It's so easy. Absolutely. And we're also going to share your information um, within our our posting with the podcast, making sure that we share it throughout all of our social media channels as well, because we really appreciate your time today. I'm hoping that you'll actually join me again for another uh, podcast episode. You invite me and I'll be there. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And and to our listeners, you can get this and other uh, great updates and information on willishr.com. I do recommend that you also check out are HR essentials. So really, those are the additional, you know, policies, updates. Now, you'll still need to talk to an HR consultant and even, you know, possibly employment labor attorney such as George. But this is to get the foundation, get you in the right step forward. So visit willishr.com and, and we hope you can get some sleep tonight. <laughs>